Billions of years ago, a race of immortals harnessed the most powerful force in existence, the emerald energy of willpower. These immortals, the guardians of the universe, built a world from where they could watch over all of existence, the planet Oa. They divided the universe into 3,600 sectors. A ring powered by the energy of will was sent to every sector to select a recruit. In order to be chosen by the ring, it was said one must be without fear. Together, these 3,600 recruits formed the intergalactic peacekeepers known as the Green Lantern Corps. to another episode of Emerald Echo, a Green Lantern podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? What's up, Lantern fans? It's the man who once had dinner at the Han family funeral home. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be eating at a funeral home if it was me. But the well, I thought I'd give you a little bit of Halloween flavor. Well, yeah, uh, that makes sense, yeah. Even though by the time people are hearing this, it'll probably be Halloween will have come and gone, but it's still... The effect is there, and uh, and you can uh, you can take the audio soundbite and use it next Halloween. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I uh, got a little bit of Paul Bearer kind of uh, flavor there too, uh, to to quote some wrestling, uh, which I'll I'll get back to later in our review today. Um, but we are we are going to continue our look, our deep dive into uh, Kyle Rayner's time as Green Lantern. I mean, he still is. Technically, Green Lantern, but you know his time as the as the main eventer, let's say, to keep the wrestling uh, theme going. So we're going to be look, continuing our, our series on of reviews on that, but we do have some brief news bits to to go over. Um, so let's get to it. Um, first up, what do we got, Donnie? Where, where do where do you want to where do you want to start? Now we have some idea of what the Green Lantern HBO Max series is going to look like, and. Mm-hmm that the characters that will headline that show are Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. So what's your opinion of that, Adam? Well, I mean, in terms of those characters headlining, I think it's an interesting mix uh, of characters. Uh, I love that the OG kind of Green Lantern is getting some love and going to be featured in here. Um, Of course... You know the news that, that Jessica is going to be uh, uh, prominent. Uh, it makes a, a ton of sense. Um, th- that character is really breaking out, and uh, and I couldn't be happier. And then, of course, where Jessica goes usually um, 
Phil Bowler's favorite Simon uh, follows. <laughs> that that's gonna be my running joke. Sorry, Phil. I love you, buddy. But but you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun with that for as long as I can ride it out. Um, and you know, of course, we've also heard Kilowog is present, uh, which you know, it, you have to have Kilowog, right? I mean, right. he's like, yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, Sinestro, which um, here's here's one barometer where somebody's going to have a, a tough act to follow. Good luck to whoever the cast following up uh, Mark Strong because Mark Strong was fantastic. Uh, but I love the character of Sinestro, and I'm I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see him as a Green Lantern. To start the series, at least. Well, I would say it, it's hard to do the Green Lantern story without Sinestro, especially if we're getting the Green Lantern Corps introduced somewhere, whether he's in the Corps and he has yet to turn against them or he's already their greatest enemy. Sinestro has to be there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but the character is great. One of, the, one of DC's best villains, uh, per se, for sure. But also, I think when he had his, you know, the brief, the instances we've seen him in in quote unquote hero mode, uh, I sound like a video game uh, operator, uh, you know, creator. But the few times we've seen him in hero mode, I've liked him as a Green Lantern too. So he's a great character. So it's really a, a great mix. Uh, I know some people are upset that their favorite aren't there, but I mean, hopefully, the hope is that this show is going to be really good. And the hope is that it'll last multiple seasons. And, you know, there are plenty of Green Lanterns to to use from the comics. And with new seasons comes the opportunity to explore new Lanterns. So fret not uh, and just uh, support the show when it, when it arrives. Uh, give it a fair shake. And, and let's see if we can, we can be supportive enough to, to get this to a second and third and, and so on and so forth season. I would I would wholeheartedly agree. I mean, you know, it's been so long since we got any Green Lantern centric character in live action. Now that we have this, you know, let's not be ungrateful. Let's see how it unfolds. And hopefully all the characters that have headlined Green Lantern over the years will get justice, whether it's in the movies or on TV. Right. You know, this could be a new golden age for us as Green Lantern fans. So yeah. let's all just relax and see what is in store for us. And and What's it beyond knowing now knowing the characters and, and who we're going to be seeing? We also have some news from in terms of one of the uh, executive producers, I believe he is, uh, um, Mark Guggenheim, right? Yes. He's uh, recently done an interview. I want to say it was with Comic Book Now or ComicBook.com, whatever site that I'm not 100% sure which one. Uh, maybe Comic Book Resources. Again, I'm not sure which one, but I, I, I remember watching the video where he basically talked about um, the fact that they're approaching Green Lantern as a season of television, whether it be eight to ten episodes, however long it'll be, uh, or, or beyond, who knows. But he, they're approaching it as a season of television with movie production values rather than, you know, a 10-hour movie that's split up into 10 parts. Uh, and, and he, because he talks about, you know, he, he finds that when stories are approached as, you know, when streaming series and such are approached as, you know, eight to 10-hour movies, there's a lag 
kind of in the middle because they've he's found that because they've taken that strategy, there's a lag in the middle part of the story. So to avoid that, they're approaching it as you know a season of television, and, and I think that I mean that's how it should be approached. Yes, and you know, I, a couple of shows that I've watched that that I'm a fan of in the last ten years or so, shows like The Walking Dead, which is of course adapted from a comic book, and Lost. These are shows with a lot of different characters from a lot of different backgrounds, and and they hop around, and so you're getting a lot of stories unfolding simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I think with the backdrop of the Green Lantern Corps, it's not just about the 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 Green Lanterns themselves. That that are a lot. There are a lot of different planets and societies that are that are developing around them, and there are storylines happening around them. With with the the TV format, you have a lot of opportunity to explore that what's going on around them, where it's not just a single narrative. Mm. And so, I'm very happy that this is how I think the Green Lantern Corps, with all of its characters and its you know panoramic shot of you know a cosmic story, a a cosmic backdrop. This is the way to go. So I'm I'm. Very excited about this, and I, again, I think that the opportunities that they have here, our prospects are unlimited, and uh, I'm very happy to see how this plays out. Definitely. Uh, we wait with bated breath for more announcements. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, maybe, you know, by the end of this year, we'll, we'll get some more news, uh, but certainly into uh, 2021, we should be hearing uh a plethora of, of casting information and and news of that nature. So uh, we, of course, will uh, keep you informed and share our takes on whatever news comes out as it happens. Um, but shifting over from the HBO Max Green Lantern streaming series, and speaking going, of casting, here we go. Yeah, we're gonna th- we do have casting that may be Green Lantern related coming from. The Stargirl production. So, Donnie, what's going on there? Well, the actress's name is Issa Panarejo. We ha- we know that she has been confirmed for the Stargirl series. The right. rumor right now, and again, we have seen this on several different sites, but we have not seen it confirmed by a reliable site yet, is that she is Jade, and that is Jenny Lynn Hayden, the daughter of Alan Scott, and at one time... She was a member of the Green Lantern Corps. That she's going to be the Green Lantern, or at least a Green Lantern representative on Star Girl in season two. Right. Um, the The reason that that I that I wanted to bring this up, even though it's it's not, let's say, one hundred percent confirmed by you know a, a trade uh, per se is that the, the, the site that I got it from, which is a, is a site that is a network of sites that's directly, um, their, their, their sole focus is DC TV. And usually what I've noticed is that their insider information that they've posted uh, has more often than not that I've seen come to fruition so that that's why I thought it important to bring this to to uh, to the forefront now if it is Jade um, 
I think that's a genius move. Not only because you and I had speculated on it, you know, Jade probably be probably being a likely candidate earlier on an earlier episode. I mean, that makes us look good, but but it's not why I'm, <laughs> that's not why I'm advocating for it. I, I just think that with with you know with him getting the focus in the HBO Max Green Lantern show. I find it not that it's impossible, but I would have found it hard to believe that Warner Brothers or Warner Media or whoever, whatever we're calling them nowadays, uh, would allow you know. Again, it's not impossible, but I, I find it hard to believe that they they'd okay two versions of Alan Scott uh, at the same time. I wouldn't have a problem with it, but you know, Warner's and DC are picky about which characters get. <laughs> multiple representation at the same time in, in two different forms of live action media uh you know so that I, I would have found it hard to believe that alan would be in two places concurrently uh and i don't think you know jeff john's being you know a, a continuity uh, savant let's call him i don't think he'd go off the rails and say okay well i'm gonna bring in Hal Jordan, you know, or or Kyle, or John to serve as the Green Lantern of, of this new era JSA that we're building on Star on Star Girl. So that leaves really two logical choices to to be the Green Lantern representation: Jade or Obsidian, right? Uh, and given Star Girls, um pension so far to have you know a team that is predominantly uh, female centric jade fits the bill yes um, uh isa is she's 20 years old i looked her up again i'm not overly familiar with her body of work but yeah, she man, does yeah. fit right in with the you know the age group of the the heroes that have been established in season 1 yeah yeah so i mean it all it all makes sense. Um, we'll await confirmation, but I, if it is Jade, um, I give it two thumbs up. Um, again, I'm not familiar with her, but one thing the the DCCW shows have been pretty good with uh, across the board is casting. So I am not going to start second-guessing them now, I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt and have uh, the actress uh, be able to perform, and then I will judge her her portrayal. Yes. Uh, but but I think Jade is a great character, and it would be fantastic to see her uh, in live action. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this: Jade is in my top ten DC characters. I I just I absolutely love that character. You know, she was a long time compatriot and love interest of Kyle Rayner. Mm -hmm. She was introduced in All-Star Squadron number 25 in 1983. Of course, she is the daughter of Alan Scott and the character was just wonderfully developed over the years and I've always wanted to see her in live action and that gives me more hope that eventually we will see some version of Kyle somewhere. So I'm excited about that and 
you know, again, I've just wanted some Green Lantern characters represented. It always seems like, uh, at least since 2011, that with the DC shows, they go right up to, you know, the precipice of where Green Lantern would be logically introduced, and then they go into another direction. It looks like finally this time we're going to see some of the Green Lanterns, their influence on the DC universe. So that yeah. that is exciting. I mean, Arrow gave us a tease for so long about uh, with Hal Jordan's jacket, right? Remember that right. close-up of Hal Jordan's jacket? Right, and, uh, and, and, and Barry made, he made reference to, you know, a, a pilot vanishing. So there, there have been lots of yeah, Easter eggs yeah. about you know, Green Lanterns here and there, but they never actually introduced them. So, and, and then there was the final, the, the, the final. Here's a here's a tease for you guys, with John getting a Green Lantern ring or John Stewart, John Diggle, sorry, John, yeah. getting. Well, ho- either, hopefully, John Stewart somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but getting I what I what was either a Green Lantern ring um, or a regular mood ring. <laughs> or a glowing lollipop, in which case probably shouldn't eat it because God knows where it's coming from. Um, but, you know, there was that. So, like you said, hopefully she is Jade. And um, I would just recommend her maybe not date Kyle because that doesn't really end well for people. No, uh, and we're, we're going to go into that later on, aren't we? Right, right. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe diverge from the comic book and don't go there. Because um, his girlfriends don't have the best of luck. Uh, but we'll get into that. So yeah, we'll, we'll hope it happens, and if it gets confirmed between now and our next episode, well, we'll uh, we'll confirm it for you. Um, but before we get into uh, more uh, more Kyle talk, let's uh, and review comics. Let's talk about some comics news. So what do we got? Sure, we don't have much, but as far as the beginning of 2021, we've been given some information by DC. There is going to be a Green Lantern Corps comic book where the Green Lantern Corps has been depowered. And we know that John is in that. Uh, we know that Nort, of all characters, is in that. Um, Kilowog is in that. We have seen that so far. We also know that in the Justice League title, there was an image of Joe Mullane. And so that makes me happy because I've been wanting to see her survive beyond far sector i thought the character had more potential so it makes me happy that she's going to be brought into dc proper absolutely uh i i think i'll, I'll just reiterate it and i've probably said it on this show before right now of all the titles featuring a green lantern i think far sector is my favorite um and it's really a wonderful book, and and let me just say very quickly, people are, are wondering, you know, some people are questioning why Joe, because she's so new. To me, you don't bring an association with someone like N.K. Jemison, you don't bring her on board and not make the most of that, because that's been a big victory for DC to be associated with somebody who is an award-winning science fiction writer. Yeah, um, I mean, and again, not only is she a great writer, but people are, are seemingly responding to the character. So why would you not capitalize and, and continue to, to explore that character? Like, you know, look at what's happened with Jessica. 
it'd be great if the same happened for Joel, right? Um, so, and again, for for this character, for the in in general terms, for the character of Green Lantern, the mythos of Green Lantern, to continue to thrive, there has to be evolution, uh, expansion, and change. It can't just be how and then John, and then Guy, and then back to Hal, and then, you know, and, and wash, rinse, repeat. If we want this character to succeed as a brand, the, the, the more characters that, that gain popularity and more exposure and more longevity, the better it is for the mythos as a whole and the health of the mythos uh, to continue. So I agree. Yeah. The, the more, the more that, that we can develop characters that DC should develop characters that can take hold in different places with different audiences. I think that that's how you keep the green lantern mythos vital. And obviously we haven't had much representation since 2011. So yeah. now's an opportunity to do that again and to introduce it in, a different way and hopefully you have different characters resonating with different people and we can keep the you know the tv show and some of the other opportunities we can keep it going for years to come and again th i mean this future state is not just impacting the green lantern it's a line-wide thing so you know batman superman wonder woman the flash they're all they're all getting you know lo looks into their upon obvious, you know, future. And, you know, there's, there's a different Batman, you know, John Kent. He's taking right. up the mantle of Superman. So it seems like they're taking elements of 5G and implementing them into this two-month experiment. Now, before, you know, the people that are averse to change get upset and start yelling into the void, it's a two-month thing. It's not a, it's not a line line-wide permanent change. It's a two-month experiment. If you really that dead set against not reading it, take a break for two months. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th this doesn't seem if you don't like the story. And again, events happen like this. Some some are great. Some are not so great. But if you don't like it, I don't think it's it doesn't spell the end of your favorite character here. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the best thing that could happen uh, from this initiative, in my opinion, is that DC develops a, like if they see that certain characters, certain versions of these characters, you know, resonate. Right. Mm -hmm. If DC develops. A secondary, uh, you know, a future continuity where a couple of the characters that are most resonant get books that continue in that in that that version of events that'd be great because then concurrently the regular book could could keep going i mean that's the benefit and if it doesn't work then they don't have to do it ever again right and and so yeah like i said i see this as opportunity to you know, create a little bit more positive buzz here. Yeah. And, you know, they already had the plans, so it sounds like they scaled it back a little bit. Yeah. DC did. But 
they didn't just scrap everything and throw it out the window because obviously they had some idea of something that would bring some interest in DC. And so, yeah, look, just, you know, give them a chance, try to remain positive, remain optimistic and see what they're going to give us in 2021. You know, it's not, it's not like we have a lot on our plate right now anyway. So, yeah. And I think it's a better, it's a better way of doing it than saying, this is the new status quo for every single title for this, for the foreseeable long-term plan. It's a two months experiment of let's try this and see what, what lands, if anything, and what doesn't. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I'm excited to see where they go with that. And, uh, you know, 2021, there's a lot of possibilities with Green Lantern, both in print and outside of print. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see. The 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 thing is, the story is so big. There are so many characters. Hopefully, there'll be something that resonates for you somewhere. Yeah. And like I said, if not, it's a two-month break for your wallet. That's a great way to look at it, you know. You can go read something else and, and, and always, you know, make sure you come back to Green Lantern, though. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we have to say that on the Emerald Echo podcast. We definitely yeah. want you. We want you listening here, and we want you supporting DC and the Green Lantern yeah. mythos. Yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we. I mean, we'll be covering Green Lantern. We're going to cover this event from the Green Lantern perspective, and then on my network of shows, I'm going to be covering Superman, Batman, uh, you know, and all those guys, and Flash. I mean, so it probably Donnie and I will 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 cover Flash as well. So you know. I'm probably going to cover a good bunch of these books. Um, and again, if I love them all, great. If I love some and not others, that's okay too. And if I end up thinking it all stinks, well, in two months, my regular books will be back. So I got nothing to lose. Right. Except some money, but that's okay. Because... <laughs> I'm keeping some people employed, so that's good. Right, yeah. And you could always trade it for something you like later on if you don't like it. So Right, exactly. You right. resale value, exactly. Yeah. Get them signed, and it becomes a collector's item. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So there, yeah. All right, so that's it for the news. Uh, let's get right into um, Kyle Rayner's continuing adventures as the Green Lantern. So... Where uh, we are, where are we going? We are picking up with Green Lantern Volume Three, Number Fifty Four, going back to nineteen ninety four, and of course, this is a very controversial issue. You've probably heard about it in the past. A big event happens, and we're getting ready to cover that. Um, This was. uh, I'm going to read you all the people responsible for this story. Uh, the writer was Ron Mars, pencils by Daryl Banks, uh, Steve Carr, Derek Acoin, I think that's how you say his name, Romeo Tangle, yeah, Albert de Guzman, colors by Steve Matson, and editing by Kevin Dooley. And this picks up with Kyle and Alexandra DeWitt. Seemingly, they've gotten over their rough patch. They are back together again. We see Kyle flying with her in his arms. And, uh, you know, she ha- finds his newfound responsibility and his, you know, uh, uh, passion for being Green Lantern. She finds that attractive. Oh, very much so, yeah. Yes. And so the story <laughs> opens with the two of them spending the night together. She decides that, you know, she's kind of all in and she invites him to stay the night. 
which she's she's lit up about this more than his ring. So I mean, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Nick> so <laughs> it, yeah. Which you know, as as a father, I would tell her, hey, that's probably rushing things a little bit. But the the way <laughs> yeah. the story plays out is probably a good thing. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, they spend the night together, and then the scene cuts to a villain in this story who has been employed by the quorum, the quorum, excuse me, the quorum. Uh, they're a group responsible for eventually uh, creating the blood pack. Um, and we see that that villain is a guy by the name of Clifford Zmeck, known as Major Force. And uh, things are not going to go well for Alex here. So we see that at home, back with Alex and Kyle, it's the morning time and she's taking a shower and Kyle is seeing a series of bizarre events happening in Los Angeles. And he flies off because Alex, Alex is like, hey, you need to go take care of this. Uh, he offers to let her come with him. She declines, and she promises, when you get back, there'll be a surprise for you. Unfortunately, well, that's well, she very... Wasn't wrong. Yeah, she wasn't wrong. Yeah, she wasn't wrong. Um and so we see that there has been there's an earthquake in LA, and what's happened is there's this future city has be, is is coming into our our Earth and causing this the, uh, through this rift, and it's causing this kind of cataclysmic event. Mm. And Kyle has to deal with it. And back at the apartment, however, Alex hears a knock at the door. And that turns out to be major force. Mm. So, what do you think of the the opening couple scenes, Adam? Well, first of all, I mean, I mean, um, I, I totally get you know where Alex and you know the, the rekindled relationship. I, I totally understand that. And I mean, they're mid twenty something people, so I mean them doing you know whatever they're well we know what they're doing i mean they're consenting adults go for it uh and and that's cool uh it's fine uh good for good for good for alex at least they had one last uh one last happy hurrah um by the way uh, i was responsible for what pages uh uh but man alex is pretty uh smoking um yes yeah if she was a real person she'd be on the list um, but you know, aside from all that, um, when we get to, I mean, first of all, like they're telegraphing, I mean, they tell you, if you've, if you've read this stuff long enough, you'll, you'll, you'll know the signs, whether it's a TV show, a movie or comics, when two characters are talking about how happy they are and how good their relationship is going, yeah, you know. You know things are not going to end up well. By yeah, the some, end of some, yeah, that, that's that's a clue that something bad's about to happen to one of them at least. <laughs> like, as an audience member of any kind of media that where this is happening, you're either yelling at the screen or yelling at the book. Shut up! Shut up! You know, stop manifesting. You know, your positivity because then you know, um, it's not like I said, it's not going to go well. Um, I really did like the 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 scenes. Where uh, the future, uh, the futuristic LA or or, or wherever, um, is sort of melding with present day. 
Yeah, that was a really inventive scene. And, and of course, Kyle has a lot on his plate trying to deal with all that. So Right, and but I think he, in that scene, you can see his, uh, some character growth there and, and his maturity levels improving because he doesn't waste much time, you know, in taking action and and alleviating the situation. Yes, he's gaining confidence at this point. Also, the artistic representation of the earth, earthquake and the damage that, that this event is causing uh, looked great. Um, I must say, it was really, really evocative. You felt like you were in the middle of, of chaos. Uh, um, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. it, it felt like a POV situation where you were, where you were there in, in the moment. Um, so kudos to... Yeah, and, you know, and the name of the story is called Forced Entry, and obviously that applies to yeah, major force. Dual, dual meeting, dual meeting. Yeah, dual but but meetings. yeah, you can see that as you know, again, the the, the city coming from the future, and yeah. you know, kind of crumbling on L.A. Uh, yeah, so you can see the double meaning there. Right, right, and then it's very creepy. the The entrance of Major Force at the door. Where he's in shadow and he's dressed as the as the, you know, the flower uh, delivery man. Yeah, with, with his name Cliff printed yeah. on his on his uniform. Yeah, and the card and the card. I, I mean, this feels like you're watching a you know one of those police dramas where you see the murder happen at the beginning. Yes, and and, and then, I, yeah. Yeah, and you don't understand it, like, it until they go back and explain the steps yeah. that went into it, right? Yeah, it feels like you're watching one of those, so it was very well done. And the note that he puts in the flowers, I mean, what a creep. What a what a what a what a skin crawling, creepy, disturbing thing to do. Um it's very effective. Um I'm not gonna say enjoyable, it's effective because I mean watching watching her her what happens next is not enjoyable uh, right. as a fan, but, but it's effective. Um, right. So I guess we should get right, right to the, uh, the next moments. Right. Then. Well, you know, at, at this point, you know, you probably have figured out what happens here. If you haven't read this, of course, major force. It's 1994 folks. We're not putting a spoiler warning. R right. Exactly. Hopefully, you know, you're not going to be mad at us at this point, but uh, you know, he, he enters the apartment and Alex, of course, she tries to fight back against him Major Force, however, is a particularly powerful villain. Uh, he has dark matter energies. He has super strength. He is nearly invulnerable. She tries to fight back. She tries to cut him with a knife. And, of course, that does absolutely nothing. He eventually gets on top of her and strangles her to death. And when Kyle returns home, of course, he is ready. He's able to save the city, and it returns to its correct time. Uh, he comes back home, and we see one of the most famous moments in Green Lantern history. Infamous, that is the, infamous, really. in, infamous. Now, yeah, depending right. on, <laughs> yeah, depending on your perspective, depending and, on who you ask, yeah, right. He he finds the uh, and 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 one thing I, I will say, uh, it is gruesomely awesome the the depiction of Major Force choking Alexandra Dewitt. You can feel it. No, right, I'm not saying that's done, a good thing, done, but no, it's but it's done tastefully. Like it's not 
It's not. I I, I, I know that sounds weird. It, right. You get tastefully choking somebody out, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. it could have been more gruesome and more and more. You know, let's put some blood and everything for the sake of of, of shock value, and, and they didn't do that. But it was no, still that, effective, and like you said, you felt it. Right. You you felt it. I mean, and that's. You know, the, the choice to, and this is something that we'll get into when, when we get to the end of the issue here, the choice of, you know, who is going to be the victim here. You know, Alexandra, as, you know, Daryl explained to us on the last podcast, uh, she was an instant hit. Yeah. And she was a very likable character. And so when you see her die here, you really feel that. Uh, right. you, there's an emotional impact. But also, when you think about it, who, who else are they going to kill? From Kyle's life, yeah, we we really hadn't met anyone yeah. else from his life at that point. So <clears throat> yeah, um, so then you know he comes home and and he comes home and he finds uh, a note that says "surprise for you in the fridge," and of course that he opens the refrigerator up and that is the body of Alexandra Dewitt. Okay, a um, couple things. Shocking, yes. Um, mm -hmm. Disturbing, creepy, yes. Um, all all checkmark boxes. But again, I, I I I appreciated the. It's always weird commenting in these ways on these things. The tasteful way in which this scene was depicted because they could have opened the fridge full flung and, you know, shown for shock value, you know, the, Alex's state crumpled and, and, right. and, 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 and mangled and all that stuff. Which was at, which was originally the plan. Uh, that was Daryl actually sent me a scan of the original artwork, which you saw her in there. Yeah. But, you know, DC was a little, you know, the editorial was a little, you know, worried about how that was going to come off. So they decided to close the door most of the way, which unfortunately had the effect of people thinking that Major Force had dismembered Alex, which didn't happen. But I think pe that's the reaction that people had at the time right. was that he had pulled her apart. So, But, but, but I think I, uh, whether that was, you know, incorrect as it may be. It's it's more effective because even if you're thinking that, it makes you hate Major Force even more as a, as a, as a reader. Exactly, and and that's the idea. Yeah, I mean this was supposed to be because you, know, you Kyle, don't know you don't know what state she was actually left in. I mean she's yeah. dead, yeah. she's dead. So you, you right. know that, but you know what I mean. And I think it was more effective. But yeah, it was it's. He well, you know, shoots up the villain, the villain ranking in terms of, I hate this guy. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, b between the end of Emerald Twilight and Kyle getting the ring, at this point, we just saw a few issues of Kyle starting to understand the powers of the ring and, you know, having a good time. And, you know, he and, and, and Alexandra, you know, being young 20-somethings, enjoying one another and working on the relationship. Right. But, but this is what Ron Mars calls Kyle's Uncle Ben moment. And you yeah. can see the parallels there. Because now Kyle realizes the weight, the gravity that comes with being the last bearer of a Green Lantern ring. Right. And and 
he also makes that vow. I mean, it's a little bit later in the issue, or, or in the second issue, but we'll get to it later in terms of the Peter Parker thing. Um, but what happens next is the is the you know is, is um, there's the ominous like I, I love the way this issue continues and then ends because there's an end shot where it looks like like so basically major forces and 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 Kyle begin their confrontation right yes in, in this issue. Yeah, they, and, they basically they fight out of the apartment. They, you know, of course, fight through the wall, and they yeah. have a a big fight outside. Right, and 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 then, so two things. You like the 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 amount of rage, and justifiably so, coming out of of Kyle is like off the charts and i couldn't help but think if there was if the whole concept of the red lanterns was a thing in 1994 kyle would have been prime candidate number one at that moment in time um so the battle continues outside and and i should interject here by the way the the quorum was after kyle's ring that's why they sent major force after Mm -hmm. kyle but yeah so Uh, alexandra she just kind of got in the way and and and, yeah she she wouldn't reveal uh you know details about kyle which infuriated uh major force and Uh, and you do see major force during the fight you see him try to pluck the ring off of kyle's hand which doesn't work so yeah it's very detailed and then um the ring seemingly dies and there's a shot of you know kyle commenting that is dead and then behind him as kyle is knee, sort of on one knee you see major force looks like he's about to apply you know a sleeper hold or a bear hug of some sort in the positioning that he was that the artist placed him in and just a comment on the art of the way major force is drawn He's essentially a purple Brock Lesnar. Is how I describe him. <laughs> yeah, purple and orange, but yeah, he does. Uh, there yeah, is a right. resemblance there, no doubt. Um, and, and, uh, and now Brock Lesnar wasn't. He wasn't around, or what? He was. Um, he was not a WWE superstar yet in 1994. But right, right. But but hindsight, you know, you can see that. Uh, you can you can see the the. The, the similarities um but what did you think of the way this ended like that ending how did you you know it, it was very surprising but it made sense because eventually you had to wonder you know with kyle's ring is it going to run out of charge eventually yeah. and how is he going to recharge it because you know when when ganthan gives him the ring he doesn't give him a battery with it Right, it's just here's the ring. Uh, have fun, uh, explore, learn it by yourself. I got no time. I got no time for this. Have fun. You're on your own. Um, but um, so, I mean, is there anything else about this first issue that you wanna you wanna mention, or should we rate it? Well, I I, I just want to say, you know, this issue 
you may now hear the phrase women in the refrigerator syndrome. And, you know, uh, there was there was some criticism of this issue because they felt like, you know, some people felt like it was sexist, uh, that female characters were were regularly killed off to develop male characters. Now, I, I would have agreed 20 years ago that there, there weren't enough female heroes and prominent female characters in some in some corners of the comic book world. But, you know, Alexandra DeWitt was conceived for this role. And so I, I don't think the fact that she was killed was because she was a woman. And later on, I saw a quote from Ron Mars that, you know, they killed her off because they were she was a supporting character. And this is what she was designed for. Yeah. But again, and, and and plus the fact that, again, this was a pretty gory end for her. So, you know, at the time it created some controversy. Now, for me, I thought it was just masterful storytelling because, again, it was gloves off. It was not, you know, the the easygoing Sunday morning comics type of story. It was, yeah. you know, we're going to take Kyle and we're going to ratchet up the the seriousness of this and we're going to make you feel this. And that's exactly what. Ron Mars and Daryl Banks and and everyone who worked on this issue did is uh, they created something that we're still talking about 26 years later. And I mean, there has to be like, you can't just have a villain like Major Force come in and attack, but in the end, everybody gets saved and everything goes back to normal because otherwise it's just, like you said, it's, it's being formulaic. It's playing it safe and when you're trying to revitalize the Green Lantern book uh, and mythology, you've got you've you've gotta you know go big or go home, and you gotta basically make the, make the the reader feel like I gotta read this book because I don't know what's gonna happen, and that ending is a, is a, is a is a clear signal anything can happen in this book people can live people can die uh, i mean i'm not going to go as far as calling it the game of thrones of comic books but yeah you know i mean there are stakes and it's not just the the the, the tried and, and true formula of okay there there is a there's a there's a, a the hero's girlfriend is in peril he he arrives just in time and saves the day and you know, they ride off into the sunset and everybody's all smiles at the end of it. You know, so I, I appreciate that they took the risk um, and that it was, it was so shocking and ballsy, if you will, I guess. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, right? it, it really kind of shook up the status quo for a while. And this was something that, again, this is why, you know, Kyle Rayner and the Green Lantern which at one point was on the verge of cancellation. And, you know, and I have that on authority from Ron Mars and Daryl Banks that, you know, Green Lantern had gotten into the mid forties as far as numbering goes. And uh, it it wasn't selling well. And you heard about these events and this new Green Lantern. And all of a sudden there was this renaissance and it really did sell well for a long time. Right. But if it had just been a new designed character, doing the same things we you know month in and month out as as his predecessors i don't think the book would have lasted 
it definitely wouldn't have had the impact that it eventually did have. Right. Yeah. Um, so with all that, that's it. Should we read it? Yeah. Yeah. You first, sir. Uh, how did we do this last time? Was it art and and story? Was it letter or not? Or I think we did, we just you know gave it a number. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you go ahead first, and then then I'll say my piece. Um. Hmm. All right. How about I'll go first? Oh, okay. I'm gonna sound like a homer, but I don't care. <laughs> ten out of ten. I loved it. <laughs> you know, I and and see that's uh, that's what I'm gonna say too. It's gonna be a while before I hit an issue where I don't think it's a perfect ten because I thought it was great. What can I do? Yeah. yeah. Ron Mars is, and I'm going to say, the reason the guy has been in the comic book industry for so long, the guy is a genius. Uh, Daryl Banks, one of my favorite all-time artists. He's on my Mount Rushmore of creative talent. So there's very little little that I don't like in, in the original run here. Now, later on, when we get towards the end of Volume 3, there's a few things that I might criticize a little bit, but... Early on, it's every Green Lantern issue was just a masterpiece from the from the 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 end of Emerald Twilight uh, or really Emerald Twilight yeah. for a long time. I mean, there and was so you, much to like here. And if people think this is us being homers, wait till we get to Volume Four and the Jeff Johns run. I think he's in. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like there too. Good luck. But, to, good luck trying to get me to say negative things about that. Well, again, you know, I, you know, full disclosure, Kyle Rayner is my favorite DC character. And every time, I don't know how many times I have read this run of probably over 10 at this point. Oh, it, it never gets honest, old. You have every issue memorized, don't you? Oh, yes. I mean, it, like I said, it just never gets old. And no matter how many times I go back and read it, there's always new things that I'm realizing. And I see it from a slightly different perspective. And it's, uh, it is so much fun to realize this because there were, so many elements back then that came together to make this landmark story. So I just, I love this whole run. So, so you're at a 10. I would venture to say you're at a 10 then. <laughs> yeah. So on a scale of one to 10, I give it a 20. No, <laughs> but no, I, I definitely give it a 10. I mean, it was Green Lantern fired on all cylinders for a very long time after this. So, right. Yeah. Um, all right. So then uh, that brings us to 54. Five, I believe. Yeah, right? issue 55, uh, a story called Assault and Battery. And uh, the cover is, a, I actually have two issues of this signed, one by Ron Mars and one by Daryl Banks. And Alan Scott. Excuse me while I write this down so I can steal that too. <laughs> All right, continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you actually see Alan Scott and Kyle on the cover. And... You, you see an advertisement as well for Zero Hour, and we'll, we'll get to that soon. But Alan is going by the name Sentinel at this point, and uh, he does show up in this issue. But before that, we see Kyle and Major Force continuing to fight. And, of course, Kyle's ring is dead at this point. So it looks like initially that he's dead. And when we had Daryl on the last show... I made mention of of noting that in the first uh, the first spread of this issue, there there's you know there uh, there's the first page, and that is Major Force just kind of beating on Kyle. Mm-hmm. But then page two and three, we see Major Force do what looks like a choke slam, and then an elbow drop, and then an 
over our, uh, an overhead double arm choke and a big Hulk Hogan boot. Well, there was also a power bomb in the middle of the thing too, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, and and uh, you know that was one of the first things that I asked Daryl when I met him the first time. I was like, it looked like you were looking at you know wrestling moves to you for your inspiration for this, and he was like, definitely. In fact, he told me that I was the first person in 26 years who realized that the the model that he used for the the big boot to Kyle's face was Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan does his kick. And, or he used to do his. Well, kick he, in used, a very, he used to get his foot that high, not anymore. Yeah, but he did it in a very definitive way. It wasn't like a martial arts kick. It was, you know, I'm going to take this huge foot and just smash it into your face. And the way he would hold his arms and his body was very definitive. Um, and so, yeah, and I realized that early on. I was like, I, I think he looked at Hulk Hogan for that kick that Major Force does to Kyle, and he confirmed yeah. that I was right about that. So, and, and, and it's funny because as I was watching, as I, as, I, as I was reading and looking at the imagery. I was just like, man, I'm loving. I'm, I, I mean, I don't love that Kyle's getting the crap beat out of him, but I'm loving the moves that Major Force is using to do it. Yeah, exactly. Very different. I mean, you hadn't seen anyone, anyone in comics, do this before Daryl Banks came along. So it was literally one of the most brutal. I think it's up there as one of the most brutal fights I've ever seen in comics between the two of them. Right. And, you know, and, and you see, you know, Kyle tries to fight back even before he gets his ring recharged and he, he rakes major forces eyes. He tries to gouge his yeah, eyes out. Yeah, which yeah I, I mean, it was just, it was very realistic, you know? Yeah, right. And again, you're not going to, this is coming from a, mar, no, I'm going to say this as a martial artist of, of since, since 1994. Uh, so, so I can, I, I can say this. Not that I've been in many fights. I'm not, I'm not John Peters, who's who's you know who thinks he's the the, the most experienced street fighter you know in, in the world of movie producing. If you listen to the stories he tells, uh, but um, but so I haven't been in as many fights as him. But as a as a as a practitioner of karate, I can tell you that if you're gonna encounter somebody on the street. And, and they're, you know, desperate to fight you or potentially worse, you're not going to have time to set up and say, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, and get into the perfect stance and do all this. You're, there's going to be a point where all that flies out the window and you're going to have to get down and dirty. And we definitely saw that here, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I, I just got to say, going back to the big boot, at that moment, I thought, all right, I know it's based off Hulk Hogan, the big boot, but in this moment, Major Force is Hollywood Hogan because he's evil. So <laughs> I, 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 had to, I had to mentally make that distinction in my head because as somebody who, as a kid, loved Hulk Hogan, I could not read that with the red and yellow version of Hulk Hogan in mind. So I had to, I had to transition in my brain that it was Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, that's a fair point. Although we were, we were two years away from the NWO at this point. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, the the fight continues, and of course, again with Kyle with his ring depowered, he is nearly beaten to death by Major Force. But Major Force is actually carrying a green rock, which was a piece of Oa that had come with Ganthet, and. He that was picked up from the Heretic Club, from the alley behind the Heretic Club, and the uh, 
whatever you want to call the man. I'm sorry, they, they don't ever name it. The wino, the homeless person who was in who was in the alley. We see that he had delivered it to the quorum and major forces now holding it. And that transforms into what becomes Kyle's right. very unique power battery and Kyle recharges. Right. And that's all. It's just in that art. Kyle's body set when he gets the recharge is just gorgeous. Uh, Absolutely. I just, I can't say enough good things about this art. And then when he creates the electric chair, I love that. That, I will say, that is my absolute all-time favorite Green Lantern construct. It's one of the, yeah, it's one of the most detailed and, and best images I've seen in a Green Lantern book. It, and, it yeah, insane. I just, you know, I, and, and you can see at this point, again, this underscores just how real this was. Kyle wasn't thinking about justice. He wasn't thinking about doing the right thing at this point. He was angry. He was trying to survive. And when he got major force at a disadvantage... He was ready to murder him. You know, he yeah. was that angry over Alexandra's yeah. murder. And uh, again, y- you didn't see that from heroes at the time very often, at least not DC and Marvel heroes. You saw it in, you know, Dark Horse and, and Image and places like that. But this was something, you know, Kyle, you know, and he slaps him across the face and says, uh, you know, why don't you look at me when I'm talking to you? It was just the dialogue, the art, it was just so perfect. It's such a compelling moment in Green Lantern's history. Is it wrong that I was reading that in Christian Bale's Batman voice <laughs> when he was singing? Because I, I totally was. Um, um, and then, you know, the cops come <laughs> and they're like, they instantaneously start putting the blame on Kyle. Uh, and they're like, you know, release him from that chair and you got to come with us. And this is the benefit of being a Green Lantern because Kyle's like, oh, screw that. <laughs> and then basically flies off. Right? Yeah, the, the, the Los Angeles Special Crimes Unit shows up just in the nick of time because Kyle, he basically pronounces that he's ready to kill Major Force. He's like, I'm going to fire up old Sparky here, and I'm going to put enough juice into you that you die despite your near invulnerability. Yeah, right, yeah, I mean, he was, like I said, he was, he was, and this is a aptly termed, deadly serious uh, in this situation. <laughs> but, and also, just to, to, just to make another Batman reference, because I, you know, I have to. But the, the special forces of the LAPD were about as effective as the 1960s version of the Gotham City Police Department. That, <laughs> that, 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 that is to say utterly useless. Um, I just thought I'd point that out. Um, and of course, you know, major force is like, check with the government. This is all, uh, this is all, you know, he's trying to have that get out of jail kind of he was trying to do some kind of get out of jail free card thing or whatever. Uh, but then we go back to um, Kyle's apartment, I think it is, right? Yeah. Kyle goes back to his apartment. Obviously, he's very distraught at this point, And there's another surprise waiting for him, but this one is not a negative. Yeah. Uh, he, he opens a light, and they're waiting for him. Is Alan Scott now? The funny thing about this was to to go back to our earlier conversation about Justice League. I mean, take out the, the humorous bits, but this this kind of gave echoes of the Flash, 
of Barry Allen meeting Bruce Wayne where he's just sitting in the chair. I kind of I, I kind of had flashbacks to that. Um, but I love Alan Scott's role here. Well, and I I like this issue too. I mean, a lot. Obviously, I mean, if, if I got two copies signed, it, this issue means a lot to me because you yeah. see Ron Mars, who, by the way, is a is a student of comics. You would expect, you know, he connects the past to the present, mm-hmm. and that's what you see here. That that's why Alan is is uh, his, his role in this in in this story is to kind of give Kyle the backstory of the Green Lantern Corps. Now, I want to, I want to, you know, reiterate again, Alan's ring is separate from the central power battery. So even though the power battery has been absorbed by Hal at this point, Alan's ring is still working because yeah. it's powered by the Starheart. Yeah. And, and we'll have to do a deeper dive on, on, on some Alan uh, uh, Scott stories. Oh, fine with me. Um, at some point, but, but, you know, probably, probably just before, <laughs> Chances are it'll be as we, you know what, once we hear of his casting uh, in the show, we'll set aside some time to, to do a deep dive of, of, of Alan Scott comics. How about that? Sure. Um, well, but, you know, the, um, the end yeah. of this issue gives you several pages that basically recaps the history of the Green Lantern Corps with, with Hal Jordan as the centerpiece. And you see, you know, you see John Stewart and, John Stewart and Sinestro and the Star Sapphires and and you know Aresia and Salak and Katmatui. And so you get this recap because again, 1994, the internet's just becoming a thing. It wouldn't have been easy for people who had just jumped into Green Lantern to know all that back history. Right. Yeah. And, and I gotta t- I gotta say I loved it, uh, that, that that recap, because coming in <clears throat> as a new reader, when I read it the first time. I mean, it was years later, but and again, the only thing I had known was John Stewart being part of the cartoon. That was my establishment of, of Green Lantern. Actually, I think I had seen. I think wasn't there some Green Lantern on Superman the animated series as well? Uh, yes, actually, that okay. was. It was kind of an amalgam of Kyle and Hal. Right. They, yeah. they they call him Kyle Rayner. But he got some of Hal's backstory because I don't think they didn't want to do Emerald Twilight. That would have been too complicated. But yeah, right. that no, was no, no, no. that was yeah. actually Kyle. Yes. Okay, so that was technically my first exposure because because uh, I had watched. I loved Superman the Enemy. I still love it. Superman the Enemy series. But so that was my first exposure, and then that was followed up with with John Stewart in the in the Justice cartoon. So my only exposure up to this point, when I was reading this story for the first time in the very early 2000s um, was the cartoon. So the, these couple of pages, these splash pages that recount the history were great because they were concise to the point and you could easily follow along. And the art was fantastic. Yeah, I, and, I agree. There's just, yeah, that that is a lot of fun to, you know, see... These so flash kind of, yeah, yeah, encapsulated. That that's just that's a lot of fun to see that you know uh, you go back and review that in in a quick fashion. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. These flash pages and and the and the electric chair are easily my two my 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 two two favorite imagery pieces of imagery from this issue uh, for sure. Uh, 
and then third was the, the first couple of images of, of Alan because the way he was lit, darkly lit, and with the mask. I got Zorro vibes, and I like Zorro, so you know, there it is. Uh, but um, but no, the, the splash pages were great, and again, it's a great way to do it. It's a it's a great tool for a new fan that that had just started with Kyle's run. Um, yeah, I would agree. I mean, this is the perfect way to kind of you know people who had just jumped in, and like I said, you know, Green Lantern. It got a lot of press at the time, and you know there was a lot of buzz in places like Wizard Magazine. And so for people who had just jumped in to Green Lantern, this was a good way to kind of go back and let them know what had happened previously and kind of catch them up a little bit so you you feel like, you know, large story, which you were. So Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, Alan is telling him that there's a bigger, you know, to, to yes, accept that, you know, you have to accept your, you can't just get rid of the ring. You know, I'm sorry that you, you, you've, you've, you've had this devastating loss, but, but, you know, in telling him all the history, he's like, you know, this is a responsibility that, that, you know, you can't just throw away lightly. So, you know, and, and we need you in the coming, in the, in, there's a coming threat, you know, there's how Jordan, which you have to be a part of, of, of assisting and helping us take care of because you are you are the representation of the Greenland. So he's like, you know, think about your next your next step. And he, you know, Kyle asked for some time, which 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 Alan grants him. Uh, I don't know how much time he, he I can't remember how much time he's going to give him, but it clearly doesn't have much by the end of the issue because of of what we see. But here comes the scene where he's on his rooftop and he's sort of having a monologue with talking to Alex. Yeah. Very emotional, very emotional scene. And again, right. like I said, there's, you can feel these emotions here. This is not just, it's not just a big battle in a narrative. You can feel Kyle's pain. Right. And, and, and here's where he says, you know, Alex, you would have wanted me to, to, to step up and, and assume this responsibility. And do the right thing and be a hero. So I'm going to do it for you. This is the is, you know, we talk about how the similarities to Spider-Man. This is the let me do it for Uncle Ben uh, moment. I'm going to right. do this for you, right? This is the great power, great responsibility, acknowledgement. Right. Or this is similar to young Bruce Wayne at the foot of his bed, you know, saying, you know, uh, I vow to strike fear into the, the criminal. The, the, Cowardly and whatever, whatever the quote is, you know, it's that kind of moment, right? And um, and it, it's full of emotion, as you as you as you said, and that is that is the emotion that it that it brings forth. To me, is a prime example of the perfect relationship between great dialogue and fantastic emotive artwork, and it's it's all on display in these in these scenes. And then there's a big splash ending, which features... Which features Kyle suddenly coming in contact with Metron and Superman. And they show up and they need Kyle's help. And that leads into a big DC crossover at the time called Zero Hour. And we're going to save that for the next podcast because we're going to get into that because that's where Kyle ends up. And so we're going to uh, talk about that on the next podcast and let you know how Kyle fit into that kind of company-wide event before he came back to his own title. 
Right. But before we do that, obviously, we need to rate this issue. So Yes, sir. So uh, I'm going to again say 10 out of 10. It just is that good, people. It, it's it's amazing. I, I cannot recommend these issues enough. Uh, it has been collected in a couple of different ways. Most recently, it's a Kyle, Kyle Rayner Volume 1 and Volume 2. I really wish they would have gone forward and just collected the whole thing because volume there's so two, much. Volume 2 isn't on Comixology, though, I don't think. Uh, so oh, okay. Okay. Volume 1 is, but, I, but Volume 2 is not there yet. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, so I, I would I would really like a Kyle, uh, you know, just a big omnibus <coughs> or a right, couple I, of them that just collects everything because you know, and 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 I don't want to suggest that there weren't other writers at the time who they there were a number of writers who did Kyle justice, but Ron Mars here, it, this is Ron at his best, and right. the reason the guy has been around so long, I mean, he's he's a legend in the industry, and there's a reason for that, and you see it on display here. Ron Mars and and and. And Daryl Banks are essentially the Stan Lee and Steve Ditko of, you know, for Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, for, Kyle yeah. If, you, so. if you're a Kyle Rayner fan, that's <coughs> those are two names. That's you know that that's a good uh, comparison. Like you know, Stan and Steve. You know, for for Kyle Rayner fans, you know, Ron Mars and Daryl Banks. Uh, you know, that that's your dynamic dear, duo dear right D there. DC, if you want more of my money, and it's not like you don't get enough of it, but if you want more. Do a couple of hardcover omnibuses, you know those big, those big weighty ones that if I hit somebody over the head with it like a steel chair, it would yeah. knock them off. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, like you know the the, the blackest night tenth anniversary that I got for Christmas last year. No, it's a no brick. offense, I, I may have to carry it to your house, Donnie, and and, and knock you out while I steal some of your stuff. But, no. <laughs> Great. I'll try and do it in a way where it's not it's not as bad, you know, just just half an hour, just to let me get out of the in and out of the house, you know. With as much stuff as I can. No, I'm kidding. But no, I'm not kidding about releasing the volumes. I'm hitting. I'm kidding about hitting Donnie over the head with it. But you know, uh, but release the volumes as a nice hardcover. Um, so it's a ten out of ten for you too, Donnie. Oh yes. I mean, like I said, it, it's going to be a while before I feel like there are any issues with any problems. I mean, it's there's going to be nothing below a seven, folks, from Donnie. I, I have a feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's like I said, the story fires on all cylinders for a very long time. <laughs> if it gives anything less than a seven, all, all of our five listeners owe me $100, uh, <laughs> uh, which would give me $500, uh, which would be nice. Um, uh, that, that's Shway, by the way, so there's my five bucks. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but that's going to bring this installment of our uh, Kyle Rayner um deep dive to a close. Um, but Donnie, I'm sure that some of our listeners may want to continue the conversation with you about all things Green Lantern. Um, so if they want to, where can they do that? Well, you can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. You can also find me on YouTube with the vidcast from Multiverse Musings. That is Adam Vidcast, part of the yes. Multiverse Musings podcast network. And I actually do have my own YouTube channel now. I don't have a lot of videos there yet, but I'm putting up Green Lantern and other comic book product reviews there. And so you can find me there if you want to see some of the products that I have, some of my thoughts on those products. Right. And if you want to talk Green Lantern, just hit me up on Twitter. Fantastic. 
and if you want to follow me, it's at Adam underscore Leith fan on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page, which is the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network page. Go there, uh, request a minute into the group, and I will add you, and we can continue the conversation there. One, uh, but that brings this to an end. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, we will, of course, be back with more Kyle Rayner discussions, and you'll hear more of me and Donnie discussing everything from The Flash to the Ghostbusters <laughs> to more comic stuff, specifically comics, uh, in 2021, but we will we will divulge those plans. Uh, they're not devious machinations, so don't worry. But we'll divulge those plans uh, at, in, before before we go on our Christmas hiatus. We'll let you know what's up, what's what's coming in 2021. Lots of stuff between with me and Donnie coming. Uh, Donnie's going to be really busy. It's going to be work, eat, you know, spend time with his wife, and then come podcast with me. That's the, that's basically going to be. Donnie's routine. That <laughs> for, sound, hey, that sounds like fun to me. I can't get enough podcasting. For, for the foreseeable future. And before we leave, I, I should say that there is a moral of, of, of the story that we've talked about uh, so far uh, tonight. And that is that we will, as Green Lantern fans, specifically uh, Kyle Rayner fans, we will hate Major Force forever. From the first time we re- we open our refrigerator to the last, <laughs> that might so be, that might be the best one yet. <laughs> <laughs> so long, everybody. <laughs>